0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Coach Baseball Right podcast. I'm your host and founder of Coach Baseball Right, Steve Nicolaret. Join us as we go inside, outside, and all around baseball, discussing how to coach baseball the right way. Coach Baseball Right is officially sponsored by Hedja. Hedja is the very easy-to-use and highly recommended app For managing your baseball or softball team. PEDJA knows that managing 20 to 30 players, parents and volunteers can be a big ask. And their simple technology makes scheduling your team practices and games and communicating with your team members easy and painless for you as the coach. Would you like a neat list that tells all the players who can attend and can attend practice? Want to avoid the five or six parents texting you to confirm When and where the game is this weekend? Want to be able to communicate last-minute information to all players and parents all at once? Hedja can help with all this and more. Join more than 100,000 coaches and get your team signed up to Hedja now. The app is free forever, and when you're ready to upgrade, Coach Baseball Right podcast listeners qualify for a massive 40% discount for Hedja's even more feature-packed service, Hedja Pro. Just visit Hedja.io slash baseball to try Hedja free for your team now. Hi, everybody. In today's Coach Baseball Right podcast, we sit down with Dan McLaughlin, St. Louis Cardinal broadcaster for Fox Sports Midwest. Dan's been broadcasting Cardinal baseball since 2000. He has also done work for the St. Louis Blues hockey team, collegiate hockey, and collegiate basketball. Dan played college baseball at Lendingwood University, and while at Lendingwood, he performed a number of broadcasting duties. Dan is married to Libby, and they have four children. Sit back and enjoy our conversation with Dan McLaughlin.
1: Hi, everybody. We're here with Dan McLaughlin, longtime St. Louis Cardinal broadcaster for Fox Sports Midwest. Dan, welcome to our Coach Baseball Right podcast.
2: Coach, great to be with you. It's been a long time, and uh, awesome to be with you.
1: Well, thanks so much
2: for doing it. Hey,
1: our Coach Baseball Right program is all about helping organizations, coaches, parents transform baseball experiences and developments. We started this podcast to allow our listeners to hear different perspectives on coaching baseball the right way. So with that being said, let's jump into our discussion. Hey, Dan, can you give our listeners uh, kind of a brief bit about your background and journey?
2: Sure. Uh, I've been doing the St. Louis Cardinals uh, coming up on 24 years as the television play-by-play voice of the team. I, I've had a, um, a history in, in baseball of doing both radio and TV, primarily television. Uh had the chance to, to work in the booth with Jack Buck and Joe Buck, so for your listeners, they would be very familiar with those two. Uh, Mike Shannon, obviously locally. And um, it's a dream come true. I grew up in South St. Louis, as you know, not too far from you, and um, and had the chance to to live out my dream. I, baseball was a way to to get through uh, college. I had a baseball scholarship, uh, played at Lindenwood University, which is uh, just outside of St. Louis, and and that was a great way to get to school and help pay for it, and uh, I always knew, though, my limitations as a player, and you coached against me, you knew those limitations, Coach. So uh, I I never had the uh, grandiose idea of being a major league player. Uh, I always just wanted to do what I'm doing. I I was trying to do what I'm doing, and my brother will tell you this, as you coached him too, uh, I wanted to do this probably since I was three years old. We would be in the backyard playing wiffle ball, playing catch, playing basketball, playing football, playing street hockey, whatever it is, and I would be announcing the games, and this is always what I wanted to do. So a part of my background, too, is doing college basketball. I did the NFL on Fox for a while. I did college football, but my heart, my passion has always been baseball. I love the sport. It's really changed over the years, uh, especially at the, the pro level, which has been what I primarily have been involved with, but I did a lot of college baseball, too, and it's even changed there. So... Seeing how it's changed over the last two decades, I don't think it's changed more in the last five. It, it's probably changed more in the last five to ten years than maybe it changed in the last hundred. It's it's just been incredible how it's changed.
1: You know, we're going to get into some of that in just a second when we when we drop down and talk a little bit about baseball specific stuff. But can you just getting back to your job? Can you give me uh, you know, what's the what's the most fun, the most rewarding thing about your job?
2: The most rewarding thing is entertaining people. Um, and on a personal level is that my mom is still alive and being from St. Louis, and I have had a chance to go to a lot of different places, but I decided not to. I decided to stay and work for my hometown team. So having the chance to to have her flip on the TV and say, hey, that's my son, I think that's pretty cool. Um, that's yep. probably, you know, for me personally, the most rewarding part of it. Uh, and I, I would have to say this last season was really rewarding in a lot of ways because 2020 has been challenging for everybody on so many fronts. And I, I just looked at that baseball and sports, if we were lucky enough to play it, was something that if we could give people an outlet for three hours and entertain them, win, lose, or draw – Uh, We were giving them something other than the coronavirus or trying to worry about how to pay the rent or put food on the table. They were able to watch a game and take themselves away from what we all were dealing with. And so that was really rewarding for me. Um, It's been a life that I never envisioned being a kid from South St. Louis and never traveled ever in my life. The most we ever did as a kid was go to the Ozarks. So I've got the chance to see the the car uh, the the country through the Cardinals, and seen all spots of North America and these restaurants and these places of sightseeing. I, I take it all in. I, I make sure that when I go to cities, I, I take in those places. I love golf. I, I get to go play some great places, um, and then just the people, coach, that you meet. You know, you, you think that you would never meet some of the people that you meet in and out of sports and. Having met and sat down and talked to Willie Mays, worked with Tim McCarver, uh, having dinner every night with Mike Shannon down at the ballpark, things like that—you know—you never think that you're going to do those kind of things, and when you get a chance to do it, it's—you it, step back and you go, man, that—that's been pretty cool.
1: That sounds fantastic, and I really like the the idea of you know uh, the most rewarding thing being mom. You know that yeah, that's, that's that hits close to home, as you know, absolutely. Uh, Hey, what's what's the most difficult thing about your job?
2: The travel. So part of it has been great. When I first started this job, um, it was – I was a young guy. I was single. I was running around. I was having fun. And, and as, as a kid in my early 20s, I was 22 20, – no, 23 when I did my first Major League game. So I was one of the youngest ever in the history of baseball doing Major League Baseball games. I had no I, – I should not have been in that position. I, I should not have been doing that job. I was not qualified enough to do it, but they gave me the job, and I'm thankful that they did. And I grew into it. But um, that was the the part that was great was the travel at first, and then when you have a family, and and believe me, I'm not digging ditches for a living. And those that do it, they have a real job. This isn't a real job. This is fun, and I treat it as such. It's a job to do it, you know, to put food on the table, and and this is what I do for a living, and I'm paid well to do it, and I'm very very thankful for it but it does come at a cost of family time. And so when you're in a normal season and it's not doing games off of monitors like we did this year for virtual games on the road, we were at the ballpark at home. But um, when you're traveling and you're gone for two weeks at a time and you're missing your kids' Little League games and basketball games and all those things that that come about some of the great moments of watching your kids grow up, you don't get those back. And that part is is tough. And you – at least for me, I, I have a sense of guilt about that, and so for me personally, that's been probably the hardest part about it.
1: Hey Dan, this year uh, you you alluded to it earlier. You actually uh, broadcasted the games from here from St. Louis.
2: Yes. So we did, Coach. We we had uh, so the home games we could go to Bush Stadium. Now I couldn't go down on the field like I like to do and talk to a player, a coach, or the manager. Um, I couldn't be in the dugout. I couldn't be anywhere around the players. So they had different tiers depending on what your press um or really what your 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 badge said like there was tier 1 tier 2 tier 3 i think we were tier 3 but regardless the idea was of where you could go in the ballpark and so at home you you could do the game from the booth so i had a normal booth position um but when we were on the road when the team was on the road we we did it at home uh we were we were in a studio and it was ice cold because the equipment you couldn't let it get hot and i did it off the monitor so when you were sitting there what you saw at home is what i was seeing on my monitor it was hard it was not an easy thing to do so you know when when that's where you hope that you have a pretty good idea of how to judge a ball off a bat and what looks like a ground ball what you think is like when a guy gets into one you're like eh, you better hold off on a call that's not a home run that's a lazy fly to left, I screwed that up a couple of times. I just laughed at myself. I just had fun with it. Um, But it's hard. Like, if a game is going east to west, so if you're like hockey or basketball, I think it's a little bit easier. But when you're baseball and you're trying to, especially nowadays when you're trying to figure out who's in the shift, and they shift now with just about every pitch because every count changes, and you're trying to figure out okay, are they going to pinch hit here? Who's warming up? Uh, Are they shading him in the outfield? Those kind of things are difficult. So we did have what they call a high home camera view. So that would be like up in the upper deck, and it just looked like ants on the field. So I could kind of see where guys were moving a little bit. I could kind of take a glance at one of those monitors. But basically, I just focused on the monitor that you were seeing at home and tried to call the game.
1: You know, Dean, making a mistake on a, you know, you jump to a conclusion on a home run is nothing new here in St. Louis.
2: <laughs>
1: I, I grew up with Harry Carey, and that happened quite often when Harry hey, was broadcasting Cardinal baseball.
2: It, it, it's okay, and it's it's supposed to be fun and, and right. entertaining, and at least Harry had the radio, so he could lie. When you're on TV, you can't lie, so you just make fun of yourself, and it's to the greater point of, of like, you try to be, you know, you you really do try to 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 get the call right, you know. You don't want to screw it up. But um, I think we have gotten in the point in this business where we're trying to be so perfect and there's so many numbers and there's so many things at the disposal of a viewer um, with their fingertips at a computer. How do you make the game entertaining? I think sometimes we have forgotten, like, this is supposed to be entertainment. Entertain the people and still make it enjoyable and an experience that they they, they they sit down and, and just kind of escape, and I, I still try to do that.
1: Hey, Dan, there was a story I was reading. Uh, it, it was something about uh, your interaction with Jack Buck. Yeah. And I think it was something about note cards and being prepared and how you walked in. Could you, would you mind relaying that story to sure. the, the listeners?
2: Yeah, so when I first was starting out, I was doing radio and TV. And so back in the day, not every game was on television. And so we had done a weekend against the Dodgers. And then the following weekend, the Dodgers were in St. Louis, and Jack was working at that time with Mike Shannon. Mike had his annual fundraiser for CBC High School the night at the races, and it was the last time the Dodgers were going to be in St. Louis, and I think the following day, it was a Saturday, the following day was going to be on Sunday Night Baseball, and they had a rain delay and they said okay no matter what we're going to get this game in no matter it could be a 4 hour rain delay but we're going to get it in but that means mike is going to have to leave so i get a call i'm doing yard work and they said hey can you come down and and you know do the game with jack i said of course you know let me shower up i'll be down they said hey take your time we're going to have a long rain delay but you know take your time it'll be fine i said i'll race down there i'll be there so i walk in the booth and you know jack is there How are you doing kid?" And I I did games with Jack and had done uh, Sunday night shows, football shows with Jack, and produced for Jack. So it wasn't like I walked in cold; he didn't know who I was. And he said, "What are those?" I said, "Well, Mister Buck, I'm I'm ready to go. I got all my notes. We just did the Dodgers last week. You know, I'm ready to go." And he said, "Uh-huh. Let me look at those, kid." And he took them and he threw them into a into a trash can. He tore them up, threw them in a trash can. And he said, and he threw it in the trash can. And he said, "That's not the bleepin' game, kid. That's the bleeping game." And he pointed at the field. He said, "Describe what you see. You're the eyes and ears for everybody. Good luck." And he went, and he went, do 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 do. And he walked out of the booth. And he wanted me to do the first couple of innings by myself. And and the point was, and he was so right. You can't read the game. You don't read the game. The game will come to you, especially when you're on radio and you are the eyes and ears and the the person that has to describe it for those. And he always used to tell me this. There are people that are sick. There are people that are in hospitals. There are those that are incarcerated. There are those that cannot get to the ballpark, those in their car, those on their boats at the, in, in on the lakes, barbecuing, whatever. You have to watch the game and describe what you see. So he was so right about that. I never forgot that, and that's what I do when I'm on radio.
1: Hey, Dan, what's the biggest highlight in your career?
2: Well, I think just generally speaking, just getting the job uh, is probably my biggest highlight. But if you're thinking like play-by-play, my favorite call was um, Matt Holliday's final home run as a Cardinal, which at that time, Coach, he was hurt, and they knew, and it wasn't public yet. But we, had, some of us, kind of behind the scenes, were privy to the fact that they were not going to pick up his option. And to make a long story short, they were trying. It was the final weekend of the season. The Cardinals were mathematically alive, and they were trying to figure out a way to get him in a game to get him recognition at Bush Stadium one more time. And they were thinking, like, do we we pinch run him? And he hadn't played for like a couple weeks. Uh, do we have him go out to left field, get an ovation, come back in, whatever the case may be? And they got a pinch hitting uh, at-bat late in a game for him. And he hasn't even been taking BP. He hasn't really been doing anything. And he hits a home run. And it was like out of a you know, like a, a script in a movie. And it was one of the most – I got goosebumps telling the story. It's It was one of the most emotional things that you can see in a sporting event. It was so unexpected. He's got tears in his eyes during the at-bat. He's overcome with joy. The place is going bananas. And he's one of my favorite athletes I've ever been around in St. Louis because he did so much for charity, um, unsolicited, that no one ever knew about. Uh, He would go to hospitals after games all the time. He would go visit sick kids all the time. He donated a ton of money. He started Homers for Health, which has raised millions of dollars for Cardinal Glennon. He did all those kind of things. He was the kind of guy as a player – that you would hope a pro athlete athlete would be. And so when he had that moment and that recognition and hit a home run, it was just one of the great moments I've ever been behind the mic. Oh, that's neat.
1: And I think you're right. Many people in St. Louis were not aware
2: of all the ways he contributed to our community. No doubt. No doubt. And, and you hope that guys, and I think it's carried over. As a matter of fact, I know it has, you know, that program that he started, is carried on with other players even though he's retired and that was the whole point. He wanted to start this program and it would it would be with other players and those players would pass it on and so on and so forth and and that has continued on and it's it's just raised a bundle of money which is great.
1: Hey let's talk a little baseball. Um you know do you feel that the way the game is played today and the way the game is managed today, do you feel
2: it still connects to the fans? I think it can. I, I think if you love baseball and I'll use myself as a great example. Um, you still love the game. I don't like how the game is played today, which is sitting back and strikeouts are accepted, and you you look for slugging, you look for power. There's not a lot of running in the game. Um, I don't necessarily like it. I, I don't think it's good for the game because it's not as entertaining. It's it doesn't have as much action in the game, and we we got to have more action because we've got to have more of the youth of today, I think, get involved. There are great athletes, like amazing athletes in the game, and we're not seeing them at their best. Like Mookie Betts, to me, if you watch the World Series, is a wonderful athlete that we saw him on display, just how good he is. The Cardinals have some great athletes, but we just don't see it all the time. I don't like how the game is going. There's way too many strikeouts. It's a three-outcome game, strikeout, walk, home run and unfortunately that's how the game is played and you coached at a level to where if these kids go to um uh you know one of these showcase areas the way that they're going to be seen is to hit the ball with launch angle to hit the, the the ball with power to show off their arm show off their speed but you have to ask them do you know how to hit behind do you know where to hit the cutoff do you know how to run the bases do you know how to play the game and the answer, generally speaking, I think is no. And that is a problem. So when they start getting signed and then they go into the minor leagues and all of a sudden, especially bonus babies, are rushed through the minors and they come to the major leagues, a lot of them are learning on the fly how to play the game. So I know that's a broad brush way to look at how the game is played. I still love it, but I just don't like how it's being played right now. It's funny. um,
1: the Cardinals were playing uh, the Nationals, and I remember that one of their, their, um, I think Paul DeYoung was was uh, attempting to bunt, um, and it was a pivotal time in the game, and uh, they were willing to trade uh, in out for a base. Oh yeah,
2: um,
1: and and he couldn't do it. You know, he really really struggled doing that, and uh, I find it difficult, almost unimaginable today that all of these kids play the game for showcases uh they play the game to move through the game without ever actually playing the game and understanding the game and that's a disappointment to me absolutely and i, I think
2: mike shilt will really you know you got to get him on the podcast and talk about it i i know he'd probably love to talk to you about especially the amateur side of the game and how it's played um one of the problems that that we have to the like the point we're talking about <clears throat> do these kids know how to play the game? And generally speaking, and I, I've said this to, to many people, is why don't they bunt? Well, bunt is not accepted because they'll say, well, the numbers will show that you have a better chance to get that run in, let them hit, let them do this, let them hit a home run, all that kind of stuff. And And that's fine, the numbers show that. But I still think, though, there's got to be a fine, there's got to be a middle ground with that, and a lot of times if you ask a manager or coaches, why don't you bunt there, and I'm not just talking about the Cardinals, I mean generally speaking, they'll say, because our players don't know how. They they never had to do it, they don't know how to do it, now you're facing the best in the league, they're not going to be able to do it on this stage, and that's unfortunate, and I wonder if there's going to be a reverse pendulum with this at some point, where there's a premium put on that, where one team go back to that, I don't know if that's going to happen, but the numbers the analytics the sabermetrics tell you not to do it and it's it's just the way the game is played coach and i'm not sure that's for the better
1: and i and i think that's that's my concern long range for the the fans is that fans always enjoyed um the skills of a great manager that that know that knew how to do something different than what what was anticipated uh, but your players have to know how to do those things they have to be able to run the bases properly, to hit behind people, to be able to bunt properly and put the ball where they want it. And that's a problem. If you want to do that as a manager, but your guys don't know how to do it, it pretty well limits the game. I mean, I really wonder if Whitey Herzog could have managed.
2: Yeah. And that's, you know, one of the things that Mike Schilt, when he took over, he said, we've got to be a better base running team, and they became the best in the league. And he said, I loved what he, one of the times I was interviewing him, he said, you know, we still are entertainment, you know. And I thought, thanks for saying that. You know, how many times do you hear a guy say that? He said, we still have to actually entertain fans. And I think when you talk to baseball fans here in St. Louis about the Cardinals, one of the things they're going to say is, my favorite time of watching baseball was Whitey Ball. Because, now, they had the athletes to do it, they had the guys to do it, but they played a brand and a style of baseball that was so much fun and i think now when you get a guy on first a lot of times coach it takes three hits to bring him in that's hard to do and right. and so if if you if you have that and that's the way to look at it you know the idea last time i checked was to prevent runs and score them that's hard to do to get three consecutive hits or have three hits in the inning to do it it's just not an easy thing to do so i, I think there's got to be a, a swing back to the other way unless you're just loaded up with guys that can drive the ball and not a lot of teams can do that because it takes a lot of money to put that in your payroll or to develop and be lucky enough to develop those types of players
1: when when mike first took the the cardinal job it it seemed to me that he was bunting he was hitting behind asking his guys to hit behind he was running a little bit more uh he did some safety squeezes it seemed like that's That stopped in the last year or so. Am am I accurate on that? Or uh, is is that something that he had to adjust to as a manager?
2: I think it's a personnel thing. Um, You know, you got to look at the personnel that he had and has, and can you do it? Um, I think he'd like to do it. I'm not sure they will do it. So it depends on what they got. I think also when you incorporate the DH, which is primarily going to be a a power guy, it's not going to be a jackrabbit out there. I I think that that limits you, and you're going more towards the three-outcome result. So if you have a DH in there, typically speaking, you know those are are guys that are going to hit for power. Now, it's not to say the Cardinals are loaded with power. They need to find offense. Um, I think that may have limited him. I also think, though, if they don't do something with their offense, they may have to go to that type of style. They may have to generate and figure out how are we going to generate offense if we don't sit if we're we're going to be a team that sits back and waits for guys to hit and they don't have a lot of protection around goldschmidt um they're going to have to play a different style of baseball to figure out how to generate offense which is going back to the way that you just talked about
1: yeah i'd like to you know sometimes i wonder with the new extra inning rule uh, and you put that guy out there at second um you know to if, if you put him out there at second with nobody out of course you know the to be able to move them over with a bunt and then safety yeah. in the game.
2: It almost it almost exposed that the league couldn't butt, didn't it?
1: Yeah. It it just seems to me a shame that that you know fans want to see that kind of play. They want to see that excitement. They want to see a delay steal or they want to see a hit and run or you know they want to see a, a safety or a suicide and and uh we're not
2: seeing that anymore. That that's been very disappointing. I would agree and I'd love to see it go back that way I just I just don't know if we are I thought it was really interesting when Theo Epstein stepped down from the Cubs he said you know we've got to get more excitement into the game which is what we're talking about here and he said I might have been one of the biggest uh, problems with that because I was the guy that was in a way I'm paraphrasing but I was one of the guys signing players that are the three outcome or the guys that are high on base percentage that draw a lot of walks and that's fine, and that's winning baseball today in 2020, 2021, but is it the best brand? Is that the best product? Is that the most exciting product? And the answer is probably no.
1: Hey, Dan, both of us are big, big hockey fans. You know, you're a Blues fan. I'm a Blues fan. We love hockey. Um, and you know what? In a hockey game, very rarely do you see a player take a shift off. I mean, you may see it occasionally, but for the most part, those guys are going full tilt when they're out there. Um, baseball, we we don't see guys hustle on those ground balls all the time. Um, what? Give me your take on why that's now become accepted as okay.
2: There's certain guys, I think, that have a longer leash than others. Um, and depending on the position they play, they're actually told, it's okay to do it. We'd rather save you for the long haul of 162, so if you're going to bust it down the line and you think you're going to be out, we'd rather you go, let's say, 80%, 85%, 75 show that you're at least putting in the effort um, than not. Now, does it look not great? I would agree with that, but I think as I see guys and what goes into 162, I, Coach, I'm okay. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this, I guess. I guess I'm okay with it. I don't necessarily like it, but I understand some of the the reasoning behind it. Does that make sense?
1: It does. It does. And it's good that all of us um, kind of get a little feeling for, I mean, hey, listen, we, we all shouldn't always hear what we want to hear.
2: Oh, uh, le- hey, I'm with you. When I'm watching, I'm sitting there going, bust your butt down. The- I get it. I totally understand it. And then I'll ask somebody. Well, I'll give you an example. It was probably 10 years ago. There was a player, and he wasn't running hard. And I went to, it was Tony La Russa, who I have the greatest respect for. I said, Tony, it just doesn't look good. You know, we were we we're just having a conversation. He was very good to me, very good to the media, which may surprise a lot of people. And he said, no. He said, we actually have told him to back off. I said, really? He said, think about it. He said, if I have him busting, he said, now some guys, you can't turn it off. They're just going to go. And he said, we appreciate the way they play. And that's how they play. Great. He said, but we've actually told this guy to back off. And if he gets caught, he gets caught. We're okay with it. He said, but if I lose that player and he busts that hammy, he said, I don't have him now for three weeks. And then when he comes back, he's compromised. He said, I'd rather him... Just make sure he stays in the game and then gets the four at-bats that I'm hoping for, and then I got him tomorrow. Then I have him the next day. He said, I understand that maybe it doesn't look great. He goes, I get it, but he said, believe me, we've talked to him about it. He said, but that's generally how we are with with certain players. Not everybody, but certain players. So that was coming from him, which, you know, if he says that, i got I got to take it. Absolutely.
1: Hey, Dan, as a parent, you have, I believe, four kids. Yes. And do the kids play, or are they involved in sport?
2: They are. Uh coach, basically I, I just I, I just say I'm an Uber driver. That's that's kind of what I am. I just go from practice to games. So um that's what we do. We we got we got a basket we got basketball players, we got soccer players, we got golfers, uh let's see, you you name the sport, we're doing it. So we uh we stay very, very busy. One of the things that we did I have a freshman I have an eighth grader, and I have twins that are in sixth grade, boy-girl twins, and I've got two and two. I've got uh, two boys, two girls. So um, we early on, it, it doesn't make it right or wrong, but early on in their lives, we didn't have a lot of video games or any of that kind of stuff. We just said, here's a ball, go outside. Go figure out something to do. Um, they swim. They, they try, try to be as active as we can be because um, sports is just, to me, it's the great learning experience of life. You win some, you lose some, but it's how you deal with it how you deal with your coaches, how you deal with losing, winning, your teammates, uh, work ethic, all those things. And I think it's good for your schoolwork, too. It makes you have to study, makes you have to get the grades. Um, I'm not saying it's right. That's just kind of how we do it, and so far it's worked out okay. And uh, I just I try to be a supportive parent, try to help them as, as much as I can. I keep my mouth shut for the most part, and if they ask me for advice, I give it to them, and if not, I let the coaches coach. Wow, that's neat.
1: Hey Dan, what what do you look for uh in a coach uh who's working with your kid? Boy,
2: well, that's a great question. Man. Um well I, I boy coach, you you got some good questions. Uh I I tell you, this is really good. I, I look for somebody that's steady. I don't like a coach that screams. Uh I don't like that at all. I I'm I'm not a I'm not one of those that likes screamers. I and maybe I'm in the minority, maybe I'm wrong. It's just my you're asking me my opinion. um I think there's something to be said for teaching without screaming um i'm I look for uh accountability with kids. Hey, be on practice, be at practice on time work uh working um, i work for uh, I look for how are they do they in practices. What are they getting out of it? Is a constant movement with the practice. That's something I like too. Like, what what are we trying to accomplish with that? Um, I think that at a younger level, especially maybe even before high school, for sure, winning and losing is not that important. It's just not. It, it, what are we learning? How are we getting better? Because um, it's just not that important, in my opinion. It's just, are we getting better? Are we learning? Uh, are we are we teaching everybody to be good kids? Uh, I I don't like it when coaches are writing the referees. I I just don't, because many times the referees are teenage kids. You know, I I just think sometimes with with uh, youth sports, it's just taken so far. And I, 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 you know, I'm running all over the place with my kids, and I get it. Uh, Sometimes I think it's too much, so I'm probably a hypocrite with that. But just just are we learning? Let's learn. I, I'm big on that. I know I'm kind of going all over the place with that, but hopefully that's kind of it in a nutshell.
1: No, learning and, and of course having fun. You know, you want. Oh, to, the, the number
2: know. one thing. Are we have? That's thank you. I meant to say that. I say to my kids every time they get in the car, "Are we having fun? Did you have fun? That's number one. Are you having fun? Because that's the whole idea. Is, is this is supposed to be fun, right? This, we're not working to be uh, the next Michael Jordan here. We're trying to be just having a little fun. That's what this is supposed to be about. <laughs> When I work at like my whole thing has not been let's get a scholarship let's uh you know let's um you know be a pro you know if you're good enough great you play on your high school teams awesome if that's your goal but the number one thing is are you having fun yeah I forgot to say that I should have said that from the onset
1: Hey Deanna, uh, any final thoughts uh message you would like to give our uh, our listeners as it relates to to sport
2: well, I'm sure you got a lot of baseball people that are on this, and I I want to see the sport grow, and I think the way that I always remembered how you did your camps and how you ran your practices, I still talk about it today to people, and I tried to do this with my kids when they were playing Little League Baseball, is that kids now can go play hockey, soccer, uh, basketball, these sports that are constant movement. And there's ways to – and I don't know if you agree with this, Coach. I'd be curious your thoughts. But there's ways to make baseball move with practice. Um, And kids can get really frustrated with baseball, and I hope they don't. Um, I I just wish there, there was more movement in the practices for kids to make it interesting because it's a beautiful game, and there's ways to do it to make it fun. And a lot of times kids come back from practices and they say, I'm bored. This is too boring. I don't like it. I'm standing around. You don't have to. Baseball can be constant movement if you want to make it that way. And I thought that was one the, the most beautiful thing you did with your practices and your games and your coaches. You made it fun for your kids, and you made it movement. And that's something we got to do with the younger kids today. I really believe that. Hey, Dan,
1: that's one of the things in, in Coach Baseball, right, that's one of the, the main points behind it is to try to give coaches and parents an idea on what a good practice can look like that's both uh, fun for the kids, but it also challenges the kids to improve their skills. And, and that's something that we've we've tried to do with our Coach Baseball right program and our camps. Awesome. So, yeah, you're right. Hey, uh, I, I want to wrap up and just, just say this. Um, I can tell you that your mom and uh, your dad, who's up in heaven now, would be very proud of uh, you and your brother. Are the things that not only your careers, what you've accomplished, but but the ways that you guys have handled things, the ways you've handled the good things and the more the, the difficult things. Uh, those guys would be really, really proud of you, and, and certainly I want you to know that that I'm proud of you as well. So keep up the great work, and uh, and thanks so much for your time today.
2: Thanks, Coach. Means a lot to me. You know that.
1: You're very welcome.
0: I hope you enjoyed our discussion today with Cardinal broadcaster Dan McLaughlin. We got a glimpse into Dan's remarkable journey as a professional broadcaster, his insights into the game today, and his feelings as a parent about what sports should be at the youth level. I think Dan's feelings on what makes a a successful youth coach are important. Treat the kids properly, organize a great practice, keep it moving, and have fun. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I want to ask everyone to please share the link to this Coach Baseball Right podcast on Facebook and Twitter.